You're listening to Dancing Around Elephants, a podcast that talks to dancers about the elephant in the room, dance injuries. I'm Danelle Dixon, a dancer turned physical therapist, and I currently work with dancers helping them get past their challenges to access the next level of their dance careers. I'm sitting down to talk with dancers about their journey, their injuries, and how they have successfully navigated past the elephant in the room. My goal is to change the way we approach injuries in the dance community, and it all starts with a conversation. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Danelle Dixon with Performance Plus Physical Therapy. This is Dancing Around Elephants, and this is a very, very special episode because I have with me Dr. Amanda Olson. Um, she is going to be my first non-dancer that treats dancers on this podcast. So very, very warm and warm special welcome to you, Amanda. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I'm going to read a little bit um, about Miss Olson for you guys. So Dr. Olson actually earned her Bachelor of Science degree from Pacific University in 2005 and a doctorate degree in physical therapy from Regis University in 2008, graduating as a member of the Jesuit National Honor Society. She holds a Certification of Achievement in Pelvic Floor Physical Therapy, CAPP-PF, those are the initials that you guys will look for, through the APTA, and the Pelvic Floor Practitioner Certification, PRPC, through the Herman and Wallace Pelvic Institute. She's also a certified Scott Pilates instructor and an RRCA certified running coach, which she finds useful in curating treatment approaches. Dr. Olson treats internationally on various pelvic health topics, including pelvic floor dysfunction and runners. She has written several physical therapy continuing education courses, newspaper and magazine articles on pelvic floor dysfunction and running. She is the president and chief clinical officer of Intimate Rose, where she develops pelvic health products and education and authored the book, Restoring the Pelvic Floor for Women. She is passionate about empowering women and men with pelvic health issues, including pelvic pain, incontinence, and pre- and postpartum issues. Welcome. Such a stunning resume. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Okay, so we're going to dive right in. So, Dr. Amanda, tell me about yourself and how you came to be working with gymnasts and dancers. Sure. Um, I, as a young person, was a competitive gymnast. I think that similarly to dance, it's something that never goes away. It's always in your heart. Um, so even when I had to kind of graduate out and quit gymnastics um, in pursuit of safer sports, <laughs> um, it, it always stuck with me and it always stuck with my heart. And dance is such a pivotal part of gymnastics. And I've always been drawn to all different forms of dance. And plus, it just makes me happy, you know. Um, I still enjoy just playing around and, and playing with my kids with it. Um, and so when I became a physical therapist, I, um, I treated in the field of pediatrics. I had an incident where I got very significantly injured. And I, um, that, that caused me to have significant amounts of pelvic pain. I had to go and see a um, pelvic health calling who fixed me and treated me and that really shaped my practice. And I became a pelvic health practitioner after that. And it's been roughly 12 years now. And the very nature of that has really allowed me to come back to those dancers and gymnasts because 
because they tend to have a lot of different types of pelvic floor dysfunction just as a product of um, some of the positions and holding patterns that are associated with being a dancer and a gymnast. And those can be very different. Sometimes they appear the same in clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, it's been really fun to get to have that back. Yeah, that is such an awesome story. So I'm going to poke a little bit into that story. But before I go into that story, for the audience, um, because our audience is mainly dancers, tell us more about exactly what pelvic floor physical therapy is and yeah. how, how it's something that they can benefit from. Absolutely. The interesting thing about pelvic health is it really encompasses the abdomen, the hip, and um, a lot of physical therapists are going even now all the way up to the top of the sternum. So um, the pelvic floor muscles, the muscles just like everywhere else, are highly correlated with the muscles of the abdomen, of the back, and the diaphragm itself because of the nature of this thoracic uh, canister that we have. Mm -hmm. Dancers in particular tend to, especially in ballet, um, operate out of that posterior pelvic tilt um, as part of creating some of the lines and positions that we see. Um, that can over time lead to restriction in the pelvic floor muscles. So just the same way as if I always walked around with my shoulders held up around my ears, I would get very tight and through my neck, it could become sore. That can certainly happen and also in turnout. So um, again, going back to ballet and certainly modern dance gives a lot more freedom of the hip. Um, But the hip muscles and the hip joint itself share a lot of common muscles that back up to each other and share a fascial plane. They share a lot of common nerves. And for this reason, the different positions and turnout that um, are associated with the hip can affect the pelvic floor in, unfortunately, a negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that way, uh, a dancer could highly benefit from seeing a pelvic health physical therapist because, you know, a lot of times you're stretching the hip, you're treating the, the hip with some manual therapy or some exercise progression, the pelvic floor is the other side of that window. And so if you're only washing the outside of the window and not addressing the inside of the window, you can have perpetual and continual issues, including pain or including incontinence um, or a sense of pressure that's associated with pelvic organ prolapse. We tend to see that more after childbirth and less um, in dancers, more in gymnasts because of the impact. Um, and the pressure they create sometimes when they're doing big movements like a vault or a tumbling pass. Um, but these are all things that dancers experience. And I think a lot of times they um, either don't talk about it because, you know, it's uncomfortable, it's taboo, or maybe they, they just are unaware, you know, a hip is a hip and I'm stretching my hip and <laughs> isn't this benefiting me? Yeah, that, oh, wow, you just unloaded a whole bunch of diamonds and dropped it in our lap. That's, that's, that's amazing. I, that, that's so interesting. So let's, let's for the audience go back a little bit, because I think your personal story is something that's really going to touch um, a lot of gymnasts and also a lot of dancers um, because pelvic floor um, physical therapy, as you said, it's some, it's a region, not just only to gymnasts, but the wider um, patient population. That's something that's not talked about. So tell us if you, if you may, um, a bit about your personal injury and how you sought help for it. Absolutely. It was an operation out of um, humility. Um, What happened is I was a brand new physical therapist. I had just earned my doctorate degree. Um, 
which would mean that I was smart enough to know better. (laughs) (laughs) In my early to mid twenties out uh, with my husband and a group of other young men um, here in Oregon, um, we have a lot of beautiful rivers and um, there's this one spot on the river that is really common for, for cliff jumping. It's determined to be safe, and I'm saying that with quotation marks. Um, yeah. There's no rocks underneath. The depth of the river and the calmness of the river, This, I mean, it's decades of people jumping off this cliff. The boys went over. Amanda went over. And it was four feet, 40 feet up, which 40 feet up, um, water operates a lot like cement. And apparently, when you jump in the water, you are supposed to land in a straight line feet first. And yes. I landed in this seated position. Oh. On my bottom <laughs> at 40 feet up. And I annihilated myself. I am lucky I'm not dead. A little bit more rotation, I'd have hit my head and I'd have been gone. I am lucky that with that kind of compression, all I got was two damaged discs, um, which is neither here nor there. I'm fine. Um, you know, they, they, they issue heals. Um, but I'm lucky I'm not in a wheelchair. And I had to be removed from the river because I was you know, flailing and, and injured. And um, I had to go to the doctor right away. And um, thankfully, I mean, it wasn't like this big medical situation like you would imagine, but the impact on my pelvic floor from being that first point of contact was significant. I dislocated my coccyx, every muscle in the hip, in my bottom, in my hamstrings was significantly injured. I was shades of purple for months. <laughs> Um, and I, the doctor swiftly sent me to a pelvic health PT. And at the time, you know, I was working in pediatrics. I was aware we'd gotten, I think a three hour lecture on it in PT school. None. Um, I got none. You get a window. Um, and you know, there at that time, this was roughly 12 years ago. There was only a few hundred pelvic health practitioners in the country. And I was so lucky that I had a phenomenal one right there in Portland, Oregon. And, um, it took a few months and she had to mobilize my coccyx. Uh, she had to do a bunch of internal work to help restore my pelvic floor muscles, to retrain them, to operate. You know, coordination has changed after an injury like that. Um, and I came out of it fine. I have gone on to have two boys naturally. I have gone on to run marathons. I've gone on to like, I, I'm fine and I am so thankful for everything that I've learned. And, you know, it was one of those experiences that like gave me a whole new purpose. This is my purpose in life. I am not dead and I'm going to use this for good. And that's what I've done for the last 12 years. That is such an inspiring story. Oh my, I can't even imagine. These are things that we don't think about, right? So we think about like entertainment and enjoyment and vacations and doing fun stuff. And we never think of the downside about what if, what if something happens to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's very interesting that you describe that fall as in water operating as concrete because people don't think about that. Your story was amazing. I cannot imagine falling from that height. Oh my God, that's crazy. It was super crazy. And I mean, like I said, like now knowing the outcome, it's like, how on earth did I, you know, how am I still walking and that kind of thing? Yeah, um, yeah but. And honestly, like I've had things happen to me since then. Like I've had a, you know, my doctor perforated my uterus with my IUD and I had to have it surgically removed out of my abdomen last summer. I have five surgical incisions in my abdomen. That was more traumatizing than the fall. 
<laughs> oh my god i don't know if i'm just losing my resources as i get older <laughs> oh my you know god. it was like i just kind of like bounced out of it like oh okay i'm gonna be a public pt now and you know oh you have an amazing story you really do like honestly and and you i will say your willingness to share it like so let me let me backtrack a bit and i wish i said this on the podcast it is easy for physical therapists and depending on the physical therapist you talk to of course and it's even easier for pelvic floor physical therapists to talk about this like naturally like it's not a big issue the rest of the world they can't even say pelvis you know they can't even get the word out there's such fear there's, there's such shame there's such um there, there's such trauma for some people around even talking or verbalizing that there's an issue down there do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so for you to come here and share your story so willingly with us i don't know that you recognize how much hope you've given people you know specifically dancers and i mean of course I will always advocate for dancers. They're so close to my heart, but specifically for dancers where they're not given a voice, you know, like they are in an art form that is very much like medicine. You do what you're told and you don't talk and you, you better, if you, I say, get here on eight, you get here on eight, you don't ask. If you, if you quarrel or you're upset, you get out, that's it. You know, yeah. it's so black and white. There's no gray, there's no space, specifically for prepubescent um, and adolescent, um, and young dancers, young women, to have a voice to say, there's a problem here. And so for you to come on and just so effortlessly share your story is just, I, I can't say how touching it is. Like you, I know you've inspired people today. I can tell you that. You definitively have inspired people today to look, to even look down there and say, okay, I know I've been having something and I've been ignoring it. Let me see what's going on. Let me now start paying attention and be in tune with my body. Um, let me tell one person. Like sometimes that's the biggest step. Let me just say to one person, you know, when I do my grand jeté, I always have this click and it goes straight to my pubic bone. You know, like, let me just tell one person. You've given them hope. And I don't know that you recognize that, but I just have to say it, you know? That warms my heart. It, 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 it it's it's special it really is you know we 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 commonly really discredit the impact that we have around the people that are in our sphere of influence you know and i'm so glad that i met you i'm so glad that you were able you even reached out and you're like i want to talk about this and i'm like <laughs> you know i'm so glad that you did that because this is this is big you know and and it's one of those things we're not going to know how big it is until the numbers come out because of course it's so poorly studied right did yeah. you like i don't know of a pelvic floor um article on dancers i don't know of one you know and maybe it exists but i don't know of it right. you know and and i and i promise you it's out there it's out you know like as you were talking i'm like oh yep i had that as a dancer yep i had that yep i had that and i hope for the guys that are listening they are going to be thinking the same thing about wow this is a checklist maybe i should take another look maybe i should tell one person because there's so there's so much that can be done to help you know so i'm also on like a radical mission to rectify what was ruined by yeah. that idiot i mean like 
you know, I've, I've been trying to like call gymnastic, like collegiate gymnastics coaches to try to just do a talk about like what public health is and these kinds of things, like what it is and what it is not, because now they're all running around scared. Like if anybody touches me there, it's criminal, you know, and that ruins our opportunity to help. So I feel like I just have to like do everything I can to like restore that trust and like educate and you're so right, you know, like I'm not in a pelvic floor world at all. You know, I send, you know, unless there's a hip issue or a back issue or a very high thigh pain issue, I'm, you know, I'm never there really. And at least any, you know, anything of any sort of intimate um, touching. And I remember as I was reaching out to a dance school last year, um, they were looking for a physical therapist and they were excited about working with me and the administrators came right out and they're like, listen, our parents want to know who you are. They, they want to know everything. They don't want anyone touching their child. They want to know who's going to be there. And I mean, I'm pretty transparent in general, but I had to make a concerted effort to be even more transparent and say, listen, I know that you're concerned about this screen at your daughter. You're concerned about your daughter's safety. Come, I want you to be here. You know, like let, let's do it together. I'm As I'm going along, stop me and say, hey, Danelle, what are you doing? Ask me questions because now... Yeah there's such a level of distrust that never happened before. There's yeah. such a level of, um, and, and it's such, it's such a hindrance in the dance world for dancers accessing care. And we already had 5 million barriers. We already, <laughs> we didn't need one more. We didn't need another, you know? So it's, 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 it's special. It's so special that you're here with me. And, and I thank you so, so, so much. This was great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. So let's bring that back a bit to gymnasts and dancers. Yeah. Um, gymnasts probably fall a lot. Dancers, not so much. So where do you see um, that dancers are encountering, like in terms of how are they getting injured that may lead to a pelvic floor issue? Yeah, um, a couple of ways. Mm -hmm. um, we'll start on the, the spectrum end of hypermobility. Mm -hmm. Many dancers, as young dancers, um, have genetic hypermobility, they have excessive range of motion. And as young dancers, they're rewarded for it because it's gorgeous. They're able to achieve these beautiful positions. They, um, they, they just naturally are able to get there because of their mobility. Mm -hmm. They progress through the ranks and become um, dancers of higher levels. And perhaps they never learn to coordinate that mobility. An example would be you know, a split leg, and they get into this gorgeous extension, but they lack the ability to bring it back down in a coordinated fashion. They lack that strength and dynamic capability. And so over time, they are um, straining their pubic synthesis, where the hamstrings come in and attach to the very front of the pelvis, or their hips are have excessive mobility, and their pelvic floor doesn't have that um, nice stability from strong hip rotators, which back up to the pelvic floor. Um, so we have hip injury-like labral damage to the, um, the, the femoral acetabular joint, the hip joint. Um, and that causes muscular guarding of the pelvic floor often to try to stabilize that. So um, those are common things that we see from the, the very loosey-goosey, if you will, <laughs> dancers. Yeah. Um, then looking at more like accident-related things, um, being a slipping and falling and falling onto your tailbone. Um, you know, sometimes floors are um, 
cleaned in an unexpected way or you're having off day and you simply fall down, you fall on your bottom. Um, and especially if you are in um, some gorgeous extended position, that can lead to an injury to um, tendons and ligaments that attach to the pelvis itself, if not the joints themselves. Right. Right. Um, and then more of the longstanding things would be perhaps somebody that doesn't have a natural turnout and they're looking at forcing it, which happens a lot. <laughs> you know, where you see lots of prolonged hold up against a wall. Perhaps people are pushing on it. Yep. <laughs> These don't happen, right? <laughs> so, all the time. Yep. Yep. So then we see degradation of that same hip joint. Um, we see uh, chronic strain happening uh, in that way because of those positions achieved. Um, you know, in different forms of dance like um martha um graham yes martha graham i know that her endpoints of her movements tend to be quite extreme and downright uncomfortable and dancers seeing their body as a tool are going to get there they're going to achieve that form and sometimes they have to steal it from tendons and ligaments and joints in order to get there mm -hmm. and that can have longer standing effects to it Wow, that is so, so interesting. So for the dancers listening in, guys, just the way, just how flexible you are can really start contributing to what muscle groups are taking precedence when you are trying to control your motion back down. And also if in a traumatic situation, for example, if you've had some, if you've had a slip or a fall, something like that, just that impact into that area can really start opening up to so many injuries that are actually very common in the dance world. And I think this leads me into my next question, you know, like how are, what, what are the similarities that you see between gymnasts and dancers? And then what are the differences that you see? Sure. Both gymnasts and dancers tend to experience low back injuries um, from achieving different forms of extension, using spinal extension in different modalities. Um, so I tend to see low back injury and then also sacroiliac joint injury. Um, dancers tend to be more balanced in their use of their muscles. They tend to need to be able to pirouette on both legs. Gymnasts can get away with having a good side. Um, so, you know, we still need to, we, we still practice ballet. We still incorporate all of those dance moves. Oftentimes, it's fine to have a good pirouette leg. It's fine to have a good balance leg and extension leg in an arabesque or some of these other positions. So that leads to asymmetry in yeah. a gymnast. So we tend to see like perhaps the ballet dancer might have bilateral sacroiliac joint pain. Mm -hmm. A gymnast might have unilateral or muscular imbalances in the pelvic floor. And especially um, that brings me to a point that I missed when we were talking about dancers too. Dancers, especially ballet dancers, tend to live in their dance world in a posterior pelvic tilt where the, the pelvis is tucked under, the bottom is tucked under to create that gorgeous spinal line, and they operate out of that. And that tends to lead to an overuse of the back fibers of the pelvic floor muscles. And sometimes that can create coordination issues with the front. Mm -hmm. And that's where the urethra comes out. <laughs> so in the pelvic floor, the pelvic floor is supporting the bladder the uterus and vagina in a female uh, and then a rectum. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes clenching those back fibers to create that posterior pelvic tilt can lead to constipation, um, restriction around the rectum and issues with voiding, mm -hmm. which are highly unpleasant, of course. 
And sometimes too, on the other side of that coin, it can lead to some gapping in the front fibers where the urethra comes out. It can lead to a little bit of urine loss, if not a lot. Gymnasts commonly experience urinary incontinence. They don't talk about it. They don't report it to their coaches. It's highly embarrassing. There was an image of a French gymnast vaulting, the vault being a tremendous amount of force coming through the body. And there was urine coming out of her and it was published on a British tabloid in the newspaper, which is so, so sad. Um, Terrible. Just terrible. But these kinds of things happen with gymnasts because of the nature of things like a vault or a tumbling pass. It's a high amount of intra-abdominal pressure to stabilize their back and to stabilize their body, especially in midair. Oftentimes they create a valsalva, which means they hold their breath to help tighten that area down. Mm-hmm. And that will lead to a big downward force on the pelvic floor. And oftentimes that force is too great. The pelvic floor cannot contract to support that and they lose urine. And over time, especially a long career of a gymnast, yeah. that can to strain and chronic um, injury to the pelvic floor. Wow. So tell, so talk to us more about what dancers are going to look for. What are dancers experiencing throughout the career in terms of, um, I guess, urinary incontinence or just general pelvic floor issues? Tell us about that. Absolutely. A dancer should be looking for signs of constipation, which would be um, they're unable to have a bowel movement every day. The, the diagnostic criteria for constipation is such that if they're having two bowel movements a week, it's Um, Anything less would be constipation, Um, but it also comes down to the individual person and the sense of pressure, the sense of needing to have a bowel movement, but being unable to. Um, So that would be something that is highly fixable in pelvic physical therapy that they should be looking for. Um, If there is a hip injury uh, and they, they see maybe their dance physical therapist orthopedically for it, I would also make a uh, argument for a consult with a pelvic PT too that can work in conjunction with yes. that orthopedic PT and work together and do uh, a, an assessment of the pelvic floor to make sure that there's no underlying uh, pelvic floor, uh, we call it dysfunction, it's kind of a rough word, but that could be continuing to drive that hip pain, okay. um, especially if there's been an identified labral injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, as a dancer progresses and gets older, they should also be on the lookout for pain with sex. So pelvic floor, um, we call it overactivity can lead to kind of a knot, just the same way as you would get in your neck or your back. And when they have some of those chronic holding patterns, mm-hmm. um, it can lead to pain with sex and it can be with penetration. Maybe they cannot achieve penetration at all because it is so painful and pelvic PT is here to help. And that is a totally fixable situation. Oh, my Lord. Dancers, let me let me just interject here. This is invaluable information. First of all, Amanda is one of the unicorns in the PT world. That's number one. She's amazing. That's number one. Number two, the, the entire purpose of this podcast is to talk about things that we're afraid of talking about, the elephant in the room, okay? And this is one of those things that happens in the dance world so often and also so much with women in general that we do not talk about. So if you guys are noticing that you're having or experiencing any of these symptoms that Amanda talked about in terms of it, it could be anything from pain with having sex or trouble with with getting into a bowel movement 
or if you're having trouble holding your urine or constant back pain, unresolved hip pain, please see a physical therapist, ask them specifically, can you take a look at me to figure out if I have a pelvic floor issue? I, I can't emphasize that enough. I, I do it so much in my practice. I am not trained in pelvic floor physical therapy, but I do recognize it's a component of the chronic issues that I see with lower back and hip pain um, in my dancers. And I always try to bring in a pelvic floor specialist and advocate for dancers seeing that person that can look at you through that specific lens and get you the care that you need. I, I highly, highly recommend it. This is awesome. Do you have comments, questions, or want to share your unique experience? Check the episode cliff notes to shoot me a message. We want to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've learned some new things and mostly connected with the process and experiences of these amazing dancers. See you next time.